read about it, and I have a 95% chance of survival in five years. I like those odds, but I don't like that 5%. Those are pretty good odds for 58-year-old Joe Jolly, whose voice you heard up top after treatment for a small spot of skin cancer removed from his upper lip in recent weeks. Jolly, retired after 25 years trucking out of Kansas, wrote in with a word of caution for younger drivers out there about sun exposure in the truck on the road. Put fairly succinctly, uh, you might say the sun is, quote, trying to kill you, in Jolly's words, from the day you're born. Anything you can do to protect yourself from damaging ultraviolet radiation while trucking over the road today will pay dividends in later years. We talk about that throughout this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast. I'm Todd Dills, and I'll also walk through a bit of our contributing writer, trucker, and singer-songwriter Paul Marhofer's recording session in Muscle Shoals last week. There, he laid down an original track that will also serve as the theme for a new special edition podcast we've been working on. I'll let Long Haul Paul as he's sometimes known, near the end here, tell you more about it. But we'll also say that, to my mind, this is all about bridge, bringing an understanding of trucking to the broader public. Building a bridge, if you will, between you and them, as it were, such as it's needed. Maybe it gives us all a better chance of surviving the next trip. Joe Jolly had a few things to say about that himself. I told my wife, I said, well, that's pretty good when you look at the fact that when I go to Walmart, I have a 50-50 chance of getting killed just going to Walmart. <laughs> right. Yeah, getting in the car is probably the most dangerous thing any of us do, right? In the, <laughs> oh, my truck. God. It is so horrible. And they're, <clears throat> they're aggressive anymore. Yeah. We've got, uh, well, we've got four lane. 69 Highway runs through here out of Kansas City. Right. And it's four lane all the way to, uh, I guess, about five miles south of here. And then it bottlenecks into a two lane. And they've been <clears throat> working on uh, uh, stretching it on down to the county line, which is, I don't know, 10 miles maybe. And, man, and it's been a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. Well, the speed limit on the four lane is 75 miles per hour, and they do 80, 90 mile an hour. And then they have to come through town, all these stoplights and stuff, and then they get out there and they're like, they're like wanting to gouge on it. And, they, and it's it's just crazy. They'll pass you on the shoulder. And they'll, it don't matter. Double yellow, don't matter. <laughs> I always figured, I learned real quick when I started driving, you know, a lot, Four-wheelers have two things on their mind. Where they're going and how damn fast they can get there. <laughs> so you gotta, you got to be careful of them. <laughs> when we talked early this week, Joe began by taking me back a bit through his history behind the wheel of the truck, stretching back to the 1980s. I was working in 1981. I was working in uh, big old... Uh, tool plant over in Moran, Kansas, called Klein Tool, and a good friend of mine called me, and they just opened up this company in Chinook, Kansas, 
uh, called Birdview Satellite Communications. And uh, he says, you want to go to work for me? Well, I hated my job over at Client Dual. So, yeah, I said, yep, when do I start? And uh, that's when my uh, old driving career started. We started out with little goosenecks and then uh, moved up to big Ford 9000s where you could haul like 75 of those satellite systems on it. Did that to 1986, and then uh, moved to, uh, well, that's all I knew was flatbed. So, yeah, kind of went to, I did flatbed for 10 years, dry box for 15. Well, now, were you uh, were you owner-operator or uh, driving for company? Never. Or? Never was. <laughs> I never had any desire to own one. <laughs> yeah, I, well, uh, um, I was pretty fortunate. And tell tell us where you um, where you live today and kind of uh, when you when you got off the road. Uh, I'm in I'm in Fort Scott, Kansas now. Uh, I've been here for oh, since uh, 1973. And when when did you I, when did you hang up the keys, as it were? In 2007, I I decided I'd had enough of it. Uh, 25 25 years is plenty. <laughs> sure, that's a, that's a long time, a uh, long time in the industry, though for sure. It um, is, it is. It'll it'll cheer you up and spit you out. Who did you Who did you end up uh, working for after that first company? Did you go go to some others? I'm would guess over the years. I, or? Yeah, I just I, I drove for uh, a company out of Van uh, out of Pittsburgh, Kansas, called Van Tassel. Yeah, I drove for him for two or three, about three years. Then uh, I drove for a few owner-operators, and that didn't pan out well, so I went to companies and I drove for, um, uh, I was with Waller Truck Company and uh, out of Excelsior Springs, Missouri for eight years. That's the longest stretch that I did with, with a company. And then uh, yeah. I was with ACT out of Liberty, Missouri, the last bit. That's an excellent company. Talk then turned back to Joe's skin cancer diagnosis and uh, just how it started. A curious cut he experienced on his lip while shaving one day that would go on to take on a life of its own. When we spoke earlier in the week, Joe was still healing from surgery to remove the cancer. It's still healing, as a matter of fact. It's uh, I noticed. I noticed today there's still kind of some scabbing in there. It's, um, yeah. <clears throat> the way it started was uh, that I, I was, I was shaving, and, and and right along the edge of my upper lip, and I, I cut it, and uh, and then it just it just got bigger and it wouldn't heal, and I was like, what the heck? Right. So I was. I was at a doctor's office visit anyway, and I, I said, "What do you think of this, Doc?" And and he said, "Well, he said, uh, he said, it looks like you cut yourself shaving." I said, "Yeah." I said, "As a matter of fact, you're right." He said, "Well, we'll keep an eye on it." So, I mean, like a couple of weeks went by, and it was getting it was getting bigger, and was not healing up at all, and it and it itched a lot. Believe it or not, it itched. <laughs> so I called him. I said, "I need to get back in there and see you." And he says, "Yeah." He says, "We we better get you to a um, 
doctor about that. And right. uh, so he made me an appointment with uh, uh, Dr. Utsis in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And, man, I got down there and she hacked off a chunk of that stuff and sent it off. And about a week later, <laughs> they called me and they said, it's cancerous. And so they made me another appointment. It was like for four days later. I was like, wow, that's quick. It was, really, it was an aggressive. It's a... Uh, I'll tell you the name of it, uh, squamous cell carcinoma. It's kind of an aggressive one. It likes to go around and visit other organs and stuff. And uh, so they wanted to get it off there pretty quick. And four days later, they did the surgery. And I think it was about, I don't know, a week to 10 days later, they called me back and they said they had good uh, pathology on it and that they've, they got it all out of there, which was a relief. Was the surgery uh, pretty intense for you, or was it a fairly simple matter? Did uh, I mean, did you have to go under anesthesia, or, or just uh, no, no? I was, I was wide awake for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and anybody that has this done, especially up around their nose or or you know up in their around their eyes, you might just want to keep your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> you see that scalpel? You see that scalpel coming at you? And I mean, she was hacking away at it, man. I was, I was like, what is she doing? But yeah, she did a, she did a great job of stitching it up and everything. It was good, tight stitch. I mean, how big was the area that uh, that they worked on? Was it pretty small? <clears throat> yeah, it went down into my lip a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna right. say like a sixteenth of an inch or so. And then it went up pretty close to the to the bottom of my nose, so it's good like inch long scar in there. No significant uh, issues. I mean, I guess once it once it totally heals, eh? Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. it's pretty much I'd I'd say you know ninety five percent healed right now. So yeah, I'm I'm just going about life. <laughs> the doc did along the way share with Joe a two a few tidbits information that surprised him about the work of trucking as it relates to sun exposure and skin cancer risk. He imagines too it could be surprising to a myriad of other drivers out there. I was real surprised. I always thought, you know, and, and a lot of my driving when I drove was at nighttime because you sit around all day getting unloaded and reloaded and then, oh, you're in Tulsa, we've got to have that in Chicago at 5 a.m., you know, you know, and, uh, I did a lot of my driving at at night, and uh, some of it was day and night. (laughs) Uh, uh, She said, uh, I said, I was inside the cab of a truck. I I said, the sun wasn't on me. She said, oh, it wasn't on you, but it was on you. She said, it will will find you. And uh, that's when she was telling me about people that wear glasses or sunglasses that drive a lot, she said it will actually reflect off of your face onto the back of your eyeglass frames and back into your face again. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I, I never thought, never, never ever thought that I would ever have skin cancer. You know, That's for them people that stand out in the sun all day long, but nope. 
It's not. It will find you. In, in terms of preventative type measures, um, is this something that uh, that you've thought about? I mean, I guess I suppose you've probably thought about it more uh, in recent <laughs> times. But uh, any, anything that you anything you ever did uh, before that? You know, in terms of like sunscreen and things of that nature. Yeah, you, I, I was thinking of that earlier, and and I was trying to think back, and I don't ever ever remember putting on sunscreen one time in my life I, I maybe on vacation one time but you know just, I never never put it on never thought I needed it but yeah. you need it you need to slather it on your face and your arms every day if you're sitting behind the wheel all day other preventive measures uh, could include investment in aftermarket window films with ultraviolet light blocking capabilities for your side windows Side windows in vehicles don't typically have the same UV blocking properties that windshields have today from the factory. We've written about films in the past that are for all intents and purposes clear and conform to the regulatory prohibition against tinting that cuts out more than 70% of visible light. Yet these clear films block almost all ultraviolet light responsible for skin damage and cancers, largely. Search window films uh, at overdriveonline.com or find the post associated with this podcast for links to prior coverage. Such things just weren't the norm or even really available when Joe started his trucking career in the 1980s. Back when I started in in the early 80s, I I don't think there was ever anybody with even any tint at all on their glass. You know, it was just glass. Yeah, I would just say, you know, if you're gonna be sitting there bouncing down the road all day you better you know you better get something on your on your skin uh to you know to protect it from the ultraviolet rays because uh, i'm living proof that it will find you and it did and i may not be done yet you know I, I, they may there may be something else pop up later on um i did have an uncle who lived in california he drove for a pop company out there He'd drive up and down the coast every day, and and every time I talked to my aunt, she'd say, "Oh, Dale's off getting the cancer taken off today." And <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, so yeah, he got cancer at stop signs. So, yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I mean it's uh it's more it's more common than I think a lot of a lot of people think. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um, once you get it, you realize it's real common. But yeah, and and also I would say any to anybody that if you have a sore uh, on your arms or or your face that won't heal or it won't go away, certainly get into your doctor or a doctor and and have them take a look at it and see if they can get you into a dermatologist because they'll be the ones that that will look at it and <clears throat> know whether to uh, you know take a biopsy and send it off or not. Be aware of what's on your, you know, like if you have a sore or something that won't go away, you might want to, you might want to get that checked out. Mine was uh, on my lip. It was, it was round. It was, it was perfectly round, and uh, it just got bigger and bigger, and you know, and it started growing. So by the time it was maybe a couple of sixteenths of an inch across. That's that's when I thought, okay, it's time to go see Doc. And 
How much time? Yeah, how, how much time passed? You know, from that first uh, your first notice of it when you when you cut your lip uh, into when you went to the doctor first. I'm gonna say a couple of weeks. I think I didn't go to him on purpose about that, but I was going to like yeah. a six month checkup anyway. Yep. And yep. and it just kind of worked in that way. Yeah, you don't want to monkey around with it too long, or it's going to be as big as a baseball. If you have other people in your family that that have had those, it, you know, it may be something that's it's uh, right. that you're more susceptible to than others. You know, you know, like right. I had that uncle. Yeah, he was taking one off every. You know, at stop signs, he he was getting cancer taken off. But I don't know what kind they were. I know she said I talked to her the other day. She's still alive in Vacaville, California. She sure. said uh, that he did have this squamous cell carcinoma once. So, okay. so he had what I had. So, it, it, it could be in the in the genes, man. In the genes, <laughs> right? Something to keep in mind if prior generations in your extended family have had skin cancers. Thanks to Joe Jolly again for his story. Now. We'll set a little marker here and take you back down to the little gray house in Tuscumbia, immortalized on long-haul Paul Marhofer's old black Epiphone record a few years back. That's where Donnie and Jan Gullett operate the Muscle Shoals Music Studio, and legendary singer-songwriter and session player Travis Wamek is a, fi- is a fixture. Wamek is uh, co-producing on the track you'll hear raw cuts from and backing the remainder of this podcast. It's called Over the Road, quite simply. Marhofer wrote it uh, to be the theme song of that special edition podcast I mentioned up top, due out if everything goes well in the fall. Stay tuned for more on it. Joining Paul in what follows were Terry Richardson on upright acoustic bass, Andrew Marshall on the small box of a percussion instrument called a cajon, that's C-A-J-O-N for the uninitiated. Donnie Gullett was on the board. Enjoy. Archyard of two songs I wrote years ago that were waltzes, and uh, they're sort of autobiographical songs. Uh, Mama said to me, son, you know, you could become whatever you want to be, so by my old grizzled brow, it hurts me somehow for her to see what became of me. I went to see my parents. I, I, there was a time when I, d- I didn't see my parents for about two years, and when I finally went to see them, I'd been trucking really hard, and my mom said you just look like a wiped out old man and uh and it, there was a certain amount of shame you know it's like uh there was a lot of shame there and you know because i couldn't, couldn't i couldn't help that you know and uh hey, these are two repurposed waltzes that became kind of a blues one four fiver and the other one was uh you know the road knows her own 
her own hear her call, some that would follow, some that would fall. There, there's this sort of, uh, I don't know, but there, there was a time in my life I just really like, I'm not going to be like all those pencil pushers. I'm going to be a working man, you know? And then, I don't know, you know, there's nothing wrong with, people who work behind a desk work hard too. I came to realize that. It's, it's all, it's, it's, it's either mental strain or physical strain. So, but there was a time in my life when I just thought I'm never going to be one of those sellouts who wears a tie, you know, and all that. But I, I don't quite have that as much of a that angry young man thing. I wrote both of those songs. I wrote that part of that when I was an angry young man, and part of it when I was sort of a uh, prematurely old man. The the song itself is the, is the theme for a podcast that. Um, I'm also working on, but uh, tell, let's give let's give everybody a little uh, advanced tease of what this thing is. Well, this podcast is sort of like the musings of an over-the-road truck driver with an overactive mind, combined with stories of other truckers, and some of these stories are really raw. And what we wanted to do was chronicle and, and, and hear stories that you just don't usually hear um, in, in sort of like the the mainstream of, of um, reporting and we were trying to capture something that you just people don't hear and uh, so that was part of that and part of it was to have a, a dialogue people outside of the industry because I think in a lot of cases we, we get caught up in our own shorthand so there's we're trying to give people a look at, 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 uh, at trucking that may not have may not have uh, seen it at least in the way we're trying to present it I mean like I say we sort of get caught up in our own shorthand and we, we forget that there's other people who who aren't in this little subculture who are interested in it you know this this thing is still a work in progress and uh, well it's slated for this autumn and uh, it's a whole it's just a whole other way to leave your comfort level to talk with somebody you don't normally talk to about what you do for a living and uh, you know Pete Seeger once said we have to learn to speak with people we don't always agree with and uh, so I think there's going to be a little bit of that in there, although I don't see this as becoming a point-counterpoint, you know, um, screaming match, but there's, there's certain things that... It, it's interesting when you have your ch assumptions challenged by somebody who's, who's not looking for a fight, but someone who's just really bright and asking you questions, you know. Who wants to know. Yeah, who wants to know, and so you got to dig in deep and, and find some answers.